Welcome to Internet of Creators. I'm James Said, and I'm joined today by Callie Distant Jones. Callie is a writer, musician, producer, performer, involved in multiple bands and his own independent projects, including the intro music for this very show. Callie, it's great to have you on. Hi, James. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Very good, thanks. Yeah, considering the life that is COVID. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We make the best of it. We make the best of Try it. Try to, yeah. It's interesting to see sort of like how our friendship and other friendships have kind of had to adapt because uh, the first time we actually met was the same night that we actually performed together. When did we perform together? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh okay. I know I vaguely remember this now. It's coming back to me. <laughs> so, Callie, it was it was you and like a few members of East Coast, right? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Performing at a mutual friend's party, and then I, I can't remember why, but I had to fill in on vocals for a couple of songs, and we just we just jammed out, and that was the uh, that was the first time I met Callie. So our friendship's always like to me, anyway, it's been based around music. But a question that I've actually surprisingly never asked you is what what was it that first drew you to music the thing that first drew me to music was my first ever music teacher i was only i don't know how old you are in year four at school but uh eight yeah nine. something like that now my first music teacher was an african djembe drummer called felix i'd never thought about playing an instrument but i for some reason just went for drums and they, they offered djembe drums at primary school so i, I just remember turning up to these lessons and he was a, a ray of sunshine. He was just so happy and I have seen him since. And uh, he's just a very positive person. A great guy to be around, yeah. It's amazing how much of an impact a positive role model can have, especially on a child. Yeah. I mean, I think that's it. That's, you have definitely nailed that there. Like, I think if you can have great role models as a kid, whoever they are, it doesn't have to be family. It can be whoever. But as long as that's just something that makes you pos- feel positive, that's it. Obviously, I'd heard music and stuff, but my first actual like physical experience of witnessing someone play it and actually teaching me it too, it was, yeah, it was massive for me, yeah. Do you think things would be a little bit different if more kids were encouraged into arts? Definitely. And I think what's absolutely catastrophic is the fact that, well, in, in England, the government's attitude towards the arts and the lack of funding. That's, there's, so many, there's so many underlying issues. But I think it's like such a massive thing. And when you see certain instances of where kids being encouraged to do it in schools and stuff, and when you see that and the, the impact it can have on a child, it, it's like fascinating. I guess as a musician myself, I just feel the joy it brings me in everyday life. And that's, I think that's what children should have. Yeah, because I remember my first primary school was uh, in a small town uh, called Fleetwood. And we might have, but I I don't remember there being any music lessons. But then, yeah, once I moved to Liverpool and I went to school there, that's sort of when I was introduced to the idea of of this guitar and just having that accessibility of being able to learn this instrument was was enough for me. Yeah, definitely. So fast forward, you know, a number of years and you find yourself as the drummer of Monks a beloved Liverpool band with over 13,000 monthly listeners on Spotify. Now, I've had the pleasure of seeing you guys live on multiple occasions and hopefully more in the future, but I've, again, never actually heard the origin story. So I want to know what what led you to getting involved uh, with Monks. So I met most of Monks at college. George, the singer, and Joe, the trumpet guy with the keyboards, they were what you'd call the founding members. And I basically got a call from George 
saying that they needed a drummer. They only gave me three days notice. They said, we got a gig in three days um, supporting a band called Paris Youth Foundation. Yeah, they just said, can you come and do this gig for us? Uh, so I learned the songs in three days and then we did a gig. And it was actually oh, it was good con- considering the time, the amount of time we had. And it was, I have a, a funny memory because I actually saw Monks before I was in Monks. Uh, at the Zanzibar in Liverpool and then like fast forward now I can't it's weird actually thinking I was I'm in it now that's crazy because like when I I met you in September 2017 uh and I I thought you were in Monks uh long before long before we met so that's pretty interesting and uh now you and Monks are are starting to tour again which is really great how did you guys sort of what was the outlook from the band's perspective sort of throughout the past year and a half because of course it must have been difficult right we've developed a lot during the pandemic i'd even say i think it's drawn us closer we've changed our sound throughout the pandemic too i mean it's a weird one because i wouldn't say we've heavily changed our sound there's like it's still elements of monks in there but it's just like incorporating new things when we, we recorded the first our first song off our upcoming ep actually we kind of we knew it was going to be a lot different from the old stuff and we um we ended up recording it with a producer called ross orton he recorded the well he produced the arctic monkeys am album he kind of like took what we had and the ideas we had and then showed us some different techniques and loads of different things and we kind of took a lot of influence from what he did he was definitely a massive inspiration point for us i feel like that's what you know the most successful artists do end up doing as long as you can keep your core sound you know what sort of made you interesting in the first place but then still be able to change and evolve over the times i I think that that's really important the fact that you guys are being able to do that so early is really really a good sign of things to come yeah it's an interesting one because he was saying like you know it's an early time to change your sound but i think it's it's definitely for the best and we all have our own kind of thing all our own interests individually but we all collectively kind of like what we're doing so and then i guess the other the other thing that kind of changed our outlook over covid social media is like at the forefront of everything that musicians do especially on a commercial level and i guess that's been sometimes a challenge trying to show what we do live we've had to rely more on social media to expose people to what we do. And I imagine social media is uh, a good way to sort of gather the, the reception of, you know, how people are perceiving the, uh, the evolution of your sound. You guys recently uh, released Night Moves uh, on Friday, which is streaming now uh, on Spotify, Apple Music, anywhere you can stream a song, basically. And even I, you know, outside of Monks, it's very easy for me to just go on, you know, Instagram and whatnot and just see everyone sharing it and loving it. You know, I mean, so if I can see that people are perceiving it to be amazing, then I've also got that perception in my head as well. And it's kind of just like this ripple effect. That is the power of social media. It's got similarities to an audience at a concert in the sense that it is a bit of a ripple effect, but it's it's in a digital way. And there's there's pros and cons to both, I'd say. And you said that um, you and all the members of, of Monk sort of do have uh, your own in, uh, individual tastes and interests as well. And we've, we've definitely seen this before uh, publicly. We saw it for the first time in 2019 when you released a single as part of a seven-piece group called Nuage, where you played both drums and guitar, sort of stepping out of your individualistic drummer role, I guess. Would you say this was an outlet for you to expand and experiment a little? Yeah, it was definitely an outlet for me to expand on lots of different things. The main things with Nuage were it was working with people who are going to be lifelong friends and collaborators. Yeah, it was just working with a different set of people. Obviously, Monks, from as soon as I joined, it became a big priority. We were doing a lot of gigs. You know, it's still my main priority and it's what, you know, it's what I do. But it was great to 
write songs with other people. It probably instigated what I do now. How would you say you've kind of approached that sort of, I guess, not necessarily transitioned into that, but just sort of dipped your toes in? So I guess like now I'm just basically trying to build a portfolio of work. At the end of the day, it's, it's a portfolio career. You can't just rely on one thing. I'm kind of interested in music production. I'm interested in songwriting, whether that's for other people or for bands or for artists and, you know, composing music for different purposes. It's just basically looking at the different ways I can make a living from it because you can't just rely on one thing. I'm kind of at the beginning stages of really looking into different platforms in which musicians have been making an income because if we take into account the COVID-19 pandemic, a lot of musicians have been forced out of their careers and there's you know there's the whole there's the state of the streaming world at the moment which is not paying musicians correctly it's you know starting to actually look at what the different platforms are that musicians have been making them making a living without gigs for example you know patreon sound better or fiverr or whether it's like a subscription service or just like a kind of freelance style a lot of musicians are thriving from these platforms and that's kind of using the internet to kind of make an income from these things is what is, is going to be the future. So you mentioned some platforms. Is, uh, is there any particular one that, that you're leaning into right now? Or would you say you're still sort of seeing what works for you? The ones I've done the most research on is probably Sound Better, which is basically where freelance mix engineers, master engineers, songwriters, instrumentalists, all the musicians. <laughs> it's, a, it's kind of a website where people can hire people and meet people. And that's kind of one I've kind of been interested in and, and what I'm going to be doing more of as I'm going into the world of freelance. Uh, and, and I have no doubt uh, that you, you will absolutely thrive in this space. When, when it came to this podcast, and I was like, all right, well, I'm, I'm going to need some music for this. The first person that came to my head, zero hesitation whatsoever, was you. Even though we've never actually formally worked together, I was pretty confident that this would work out pretty well. And then I'm pretty sure it was the first demo that you sent me that I was like, yep, that sounds, that sounds amazing. Let, let's go ahead with that. Thank you. Yeah. It was a pleasure to compose this piece for the podcast. It's a brilliant podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I really appreciate it. And that was, you know, despite having done sort of more indie and rock and sort of jazzy music over the years with, with Monks and Nuage, I, I was still confident that you'd be able to expand into something a little bit more out of your experience and, and you were able to do that uh, with no problem. Oh, thanks very much. So you mentioned a lot, you're starting to build up your portfolio and you're experimenting with a lot of things. How would you say you envision your career as, as a creator five years from now, taking into account the pandemic has sort of changed, how the internet might even change? How do you, how do you see that future? Well, I don't know. And that's the beauty of it. Yeah, I guess the answer is I don't know, but I have a lot of things I love to do, which are working with artists songwriting for artists producing with artists but then also i'm just kind of looking for whatever opportunity comes my way and i guess at the moment i'm trying to build this portfolio up so i can showcase to lots of different people what i do and if they resonate with what i'm doing and if they think i'll be a good fit for what their project is then i'd love to be involved in that do you know what i mean so slightly scary but also kind of like that's the adventure of life isn't it you've got to be open to things you love music enough that you're more than content to get involved with as many different kinds of things uh, as you can. And then sort of maybe later down the line, survey, survey your options a, a little more closely. That's definitely a thing. I mean, I've got a lot of bucket list things musically that I want to do, but it's, it's a case of actually trying to kind of get my name known, getting in with the right people. I guess that's with, with loads of different industries and in the creative industries and in the tech industry, wherever, 
it's all about who you know. Yeah, 100%. And I think, again, you have these platforms where you can create an income from like Patreon and SoundBetter, but you also have your typical social media platforms where you can get that name out there, although you're not necessarily generating an income. It's why I'm on Twitter a lot. You know, I don't make any money from Twitter, but but my name is out there. It's a massive networking thing. Like, oh, you've got LinkedIn, you've got these platforms that are for networking but at the end of the day especially for what i'm doing and what you're doing social media is at the forefront it's got its pros and cons but it's wow it's, it's amazing for networking isn't it <laughs> yeah 100 percent. well like you said although linkedin is sort of made for it i would say twitter has elevated my career a lot more and and definitely once you start getting into the more creative spaces you know i imagine places like instagram and tiktok uh, are huge musicians oh massively and that's the whole thing tiktok is especially is the platform at the moment that is really where people are being exposed to songs. Yeah, it, it is really interesting. And like TikTok is now more and more sort of becoming a record label in, in its own right. You know, it, it licenses a, a lot of music. Do you see TikTok potentially being uh, a good thing or a bad thing for the music industry? I guess it's uh, it's similar to streaming in the sense that there's so many pros and so many cons. At the moment, in the way, in the way that it's being used for musicians, I feel like Things would need to change for it to ultimately be there be more pros than cons. These things are great for exposure, but don't necessarily offer the re- remuneration. I can definitely see in it being a big opportunity to all musicians to get their music out there, but it's whether the remuneration is going to be there for us to be able to thrive from it. I'd say it's you know very similar uh, to a lot of industries. And I, you you and I chat a lot about the amount of parallels you and I have noticed between the music industry and the tech industry, despite at face value, seeming like pretty different industries than they are. But, you know, I've sort of seen this pattern a lot before where writers will have a free newsletter. David Perel has a free newsletter. He tweets a lot of free content. He writes a lot of free articles, but then he'll charge an extraordinary amount for his courses because he has had that exposure because people do know him and trust him. They're more than happy to pay for that. A lot of YouTubers do things like this. Uh, A lot of musicians do things like this. Especially once you've sort of shown your credibility without people having to fork over any, any money. Again, that's sort of what happened with you and I. Although I'd been to your gigs, I'd say they were more of a, of a social setting, right? It wasn't me directly giving you any money. But a, a lot of uh, what I knew of you and your career was through the free content, effectively. And then know that the credibility was there. Yeah, it's about building an authentic kind of perception of yourself and being you. And it is about building this sense of credibility. Free content is the best way to get it out there. It has massive cons in the sense that it's, it takes a lot of time to build a name for yourself and you've got to rely on other income streams to be able to do that. At the end of the day, you need to eat. Exactly. That's that's where it's really tough, but that's what needs to be done in order to kind of build a name for yourself in the industry that you're going into. I'm curious to know, though, would you say it kind of comes from a place of privilege to be able to give away so much of your time for free in order to make free content? Because for me personally, I know that has been the case. I've always kind of known in the last few years that I won't have to worry about money. And so I can trade my time for free for a very, very long time until I'm at that point where I can start making serious money. But would you say that does hamper and hinder a lot of people who don't come from this place of privilege? There's a lot of musicians that have come from very privileged backgrounds where, you know, building but this, this, the stage, the formative stages of building your career it's seen differently by them that's not even me being kind of discriminative of them like it is it more at the end of the day that money you know if you've got it behind you it's half the battle i think there's a lot of people out there that deserve the opportunities to come to them 
But, you know, a lot of people might not want to take the risk. Without money, there's always going to be that feeling of that taking a risk is wrong. I guess I've, I've found my, my vocation and my love and I'm willing to take the risk for it. Whether it doesn't work out, I'll just have to do something else. And at the end of the day, you know, it's whatever's going to get dinner on the table. But it's what I enjoy. And I know that that's what I want to do. And I'm just going to try and do it. I mean, you know, you've got to compete with people that will have financial backing, but you've just got to try and do it. Like you said, uh, there is a lot of competition, especially once you do sort of have, you know, okay, someone who's maybe not willing to take that risk and then someone who is willing to take that risk because they do have the money behind them. At least in, in my view, that playing field has been leveled a lot more in the last decade uh, with the internet. We didn't have these money-making opportunities for smaller artists, 10 especially 20 years ago, like you said, uh, with, with things like Patreon and SoundBetter and even streaming services. Although, you know, they don't, they don't pay a great amount. It's still better than trying to knock, knock down the door of a major record label. That is, that is, you are totally correct there. That's where I guess the internet is definitely, it is definitely bridging a gap between the masses of people that want to do these jobs. And I'm excited to see how it's going to develop and what talent is going to come from people showcasing their work through this platform that is the internet at the end of the day because it is it is the forefront of the world <laughs> it's pretty it's pretty daunting when you think about it you know what i mean effectively a huge world in and of itself i'm going to close out with a very fun question if you could handpick without any barriers a single musician and a single producer to work with who would you pick and why Okay, so if I was to work with a musician, a musician called Moses Sumney, who is a multi-instrumentalist, producer, writer, whatever you want to call him. <laughs> uh, and I guess the reason why I'd probably work with him is just because a lot of his music is quite genre-bending. And if I could even like write a song with him or even just watch him write a song, I'd see in a master at work in terms of like what, how, like the techniques he uses and just to also just to be around his voice he's got a falsetto he's like this amazing falsetto i just think it would be an experience and a half watching him craft a song or even just the way like thinking about the mix of a song it just it just seems like a really fascinating person to be around and he's he seems like a fascinating person to work with and i guess producer wise this is a tough one um i'd probably choose to work with maybe Brian Eno just because of his outlook on on life and music because he's so expansive the way the way he comes up with different ideas it goes beyond music it's like it's unbelievable when you when you watch how he works and when you see videos and stuff of how he how he creates things and i just think it would be an absolutely mind-boggling experience you've really got a sponge for a brain and <laughs> i think I, I i think that's really good in, in any in any field you know i hear it time and time again in tech everyone wants to hire talent and everyone wants to work with talent who just want to learn and grow. And I think that definitely applies to the music industry as well. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, I guess every time I work with a different producer, whether it's for monks or for whatever, I'm always learning. There's, there's just infinite knowledge to be consumed. That is what is absolutely exhilarating and exciting. You never know what's going to be coming around the corner. And that's what I embrace in life at the end of the day. That's a fantastic way to, to end off, Callie. This has been absolutely amazing uh, once again want to shout out monks's brand new single night moves streaming on all major streaming services it is an absolute banger you're definitely gonna love it 
Thanks very much, James. It's been an absolute pleasure. And I know we always have brilliant conversations and it's always an absolute pleasure talking to you. Every single time. Cheers again, Callie. Thanks, James. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to check out Callie, you can find him on Instagram at Callie underscore DJ. Callie is spelled K-A-L-I and at Monks Band. Monks is spelled M-O-N-K-S. Thanks again and have a great day, folks.